Hi, welcome to Season 2 of the Silverline Podcast, an audio version of our video streams that we hold weekly. They're edited a little bit to make them a little more concise. My name is Roland Mann. I'm the head honcho at Silverline, and we have a great time making fun comics that we think that you'll enjoy. So thank you for listening, and maybe go check out some of our comics if you haven't already. All right. Uh, hello and welcome. Uh, we are a Silverline show on Tuesday. We had a Quentin Bedwell with us for a second, then he dropped back out, so maybe he'll rejoin in a little bit here. Uh, but we are the Silverline show on Tuesday. I'm your host, Tim TK, uh, writer of Wolf Hunter, Soul Ascendant, and uh, blog person. Uh, joined blog person. At, blog person. Uh, joined by one Mr. Jose Fuentes. Yeah, I'm a long lost child. <laughs> and also joined by Quentin Bedwell. Yes, I, I am not long lost, but Jose, you still are lost. Yes. You're still lost in this world. <laughs> in the words of Alexis on Fire, lost though you are free. And uh, we'll be joined by McKinsey Wortman in a second here. Uh, so for those of you just joining us, we are. A show that happens on Tuesdays, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, achieving aesthetic identity, or in essence, how do you, as a comic creator or a team of comic creators, create the visual identity that makes your comic stand out or recognizable? Uh, if that's you know a specific style, um, or perhaps character defining features, what have you, um, and. Uh, for those of you, uh, mostly for Jose, uh, before the show, I did share in the uh, group chat a mandatory uh, watch, which is the trailer for RRR. Go watch it. Yes. Go watch it. <laughs> I must have missed it. Yes. Uh, but it is, uh, I, I believe, appropriately subtitled as India's Biggest Action Movie. Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> uh, complete with... Uh, I believe it's a uh, it, it's a dual story of uh, a kidnapped sibling and the brother trying to rescue or trying to rescue her while uh, uh, their other brother is, has betrayed them and has signed on with the British government during the occupation of India. And so it's about this brother having to fight his. It's about one dude <laughs> eating another dude. Into another, another dude. <laughs> you know, a, a dude eating a dude into a flaming tree, snapping the limb off, and then another man grabbing that flaming limb and then beating <laughs> another dude with it. <laughs> Sounds like a lot going on there. It's, 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 it always is. Like, if you've yes. ever watched, like, yeah. the Bollywood action movies, they're always, I was just telling Tim, they're always so over the top. It's like, you know, uh, America, we're like very, like, we try and keep it like within a realm of, of reality, right? And then you have like the Asian movies and whatnot, and they're all like cable and strings of flying in the air. And then you have the Bollywood action movies that, that, and they're like, listen, we don't believe in any kind of like properties, like gravity doesn't exist. <laughs> None of these things are yes. possible in our world. They don't, they're not here. The dude, the dude yeah. I... Motorcycle driving towards this dude, he stomps on its tire front tire, so it does a kickflip. He grabs it and then uses it as a bludgeon to open. 
Man. Uh, I believe also there's a the clip in there. It showed, uh, uh, I don't know who it's supposed to be, but I believe it, it's one of the uh, uh, older English baddies uh, in a car as a tree falls and smashes the back of the car. He launches him up and a rifle from the seat next to him. Midair, he grabs the rifle. Yep. Up a shot <laughs> <while floating. laughs> it looks amazing. It's on Netflix. I'm going to be watching that uh, sometime this week. <laughs> I I am now going to watch it after Umbrella Academy. Yes. Tonight. It should be on it's on Netflix now, isn't it? R R. Yes, it is. So yeah, I should mind. Yeah, yeah. I might do that tonight. I don't know. We'll see. That's gonna uh, happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh perhaps uh an appropriate segue in. We're talking about uh aesthetic identities and Bollywood, especially Bollywood action has a very clear aesthetic identity of just you want action that's like 50 times over the top. This is, you're going to see it. Right. Um, yeah. So this is where we're getting something where you guys uh, might have uh, uh, more input than I would, at least for, you know, establishing uh, your style as an artist. And because that is in and of itself, a, a, an identity, a visual identity. Uh, as a writer, you might just get a say of say like, oh, this character should wear this type of costume or should have this type of pouch or whatever. But usually it's the artist who will either create the character designs or at least the visuals of it that actually make that character stand out or give their own style uh, what makes it unique and recognizable. So uh, perhaps just now on an uh, artist level, uh, do you guys think that you have a visual identity? Is there sort of like a, a style that you definitely fall into uh, that like you're more comfortable with or... Uh, are you always kind of like trying to reinvent the way you do line work or, or how, how do you guys do that? Uh, I don't know if I do or not. Uh, I, I think I do have a certain style. I think everybody does. I know with every artist that I have seen, it, it's like handwriting. You know, you mm -hmm. can tell different people's handwriting. If you yeah. know, if you've seen their handwriting enough, I'm sure there's probably something, but I, it's hard for me to see. Um, uh, I will say, as, as someone who has, and only had you draw my work, but also I've seen the stuff you've done. I, I, there's definitely a, uh, there's definitely like a signature Quentin Bedwell upper profile, like jawline and shoulders. There's definitely like a style that you get down. Yeah, to. I could. Yeah, I would probably say that mine would be in the structure, maybe not in the rendering so much, but in the structures. Yeah, like the jaw lines. There's and there's I think also brow lines too. Yeah. Like uh I think I may do my brows a little a, a certain way. But other than that, I don't really know if there's like a recurring theme. Right. It's one of those things like uh you know, you're doing it and you're staring at it while you're doing it and you're staring mm -hmm. at it so long it kind of becomes like you have to have somebody else really point stuff out sometimes right. just because you, it, I don't know. You 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 just become blind to certain things, and um, it, it's yeah. it kind of like the the writer's joke is that when uh, your your readers tell you that you have a recurring metaphor, you just nod and say yes, absolutely. I meant to do that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. Uh, you know, I have to. A lot of times, I think something looks really awesome or something, and I always like to double check, just like throw it by somebody that has absolutely no clue what I'm doing 
And that way I know by their reaction, you know, whether, you know, whether it's working or not. Because if they pause or take any time at all, it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, something's not going on good right here. But as far as style, though, it's it's hard for me to tell. I would say yes in the structures, in the brow, the jawlines. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I wouldn't have noticed that had you not said it. Perfect. Uh, Jose, do you think there's a certain, like, perhaps your own style in the way you, you render lines or do um, uh, fleck work or anything like that? I So my favorite thing to do is basket weave. I don't really do a lot of it in my <laughs> particular work. Yeah. Like, but I love it. I love looking at basket weave. That's just a side note. But um, I try, I used to want to, like, draw in a more, like, cartoony style very much like Aaron or um I got this is Mackenzie Orman. Hello Mackenzie. The Queen has arrived. Yes. <laughs> MK yeah, very much something like that, but like uh it tends to come out a little more I don't know a little more comic comic esque. You know, Would you say like. kind of like Humberto Ramos or that is I so when I first Campbell, started drawing, or... he was very much very him uh, Todd Knock very much my influences. You know what I mean? How I did my art, and then love um, Humberto Ramos. Humberto Ramos does a lot of like bigger heads. You know what I mean? Like very yeah. like uh, a stylized ears and hair and hands. Like his, he always draws like big hands, and I love that. But I never seemed to get that with my own style. So like I kind of started pushing it to the side, like feeling out to what works best for me. And um, my stuff tends to be a little not quite so cartoony as I wanted it to be, and mm. ends up becoming a little more like I don't know. I call it like comic book, you know. I don't know, like more like a, a comic book, like realistic kind of style, I guess. No, yeah. I mean, it's still comic book. It's got it's going to have feathering. It's going to have some hatching and whatnot, but not so much uh, exaggerated features. Right. Tommy Floramonte Jr. He does that yeah. kind of style as well. That's F L O R I M O N T E. That's J-R. he always spells it. Yeah, yes. Junior. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you know, so we were talking about uh, aesthetic identities. So this is like the the visual identity, like either the the artist's particular style, what makes them recognizable. Or also the identity of the character or the subject, the features that might make them recognizable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just talked a little bit about uh, the particular uh, style of the artist. Um, as a writer, I don't really have any influence on the rendering or the structure of my comic, other than just like you know notes given. Uh, so yeah, I don't really influence the the artist as much as if they do. Um, See, I feel like I'm the pain in the ass. I'm <laughs> like. I agree. I'm like, Wait, yes. are we talking about right. art? <laughs> hey, now, remember, I'm the queen. <laughs> Off with his head. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, Sorry, I'm like, <laughs> I'm... no, yeah, at least I got an apology out of it. There you go. No, it, like you said, it's more, um, I wouldn't say because, you know, writers can work with different, different artists and mm. get a different, a different vision. Like, like I said, I feel like, uh, like, I feel like anything 
you know, I worked with uh, Quentin a lot. So, like, I can see it's like his hand. It's like a handwriting. Like, I can yeah. see when he draws something. And I'm like, oh, that, yep, that's that's Quentin. And, mm-hmm. and you know, different artists. It's, you can, uh, I'm still a pain in the ass when it comes to my characters. And I, I but I'd never have changed an artist's style. So, right. it's kind of. I think we we leave our handwriting in a different sort of way. Yes, yeah. Than the artist does. Yeah, as as artists, we definitely have more of a style in the in the dialogue, which would be a subject for another matter. Um, as a painter, though, and as uh, a man who does color, uh, I do kind of a style in just big blocks of primary colors. Or uh, I I appreciate edge highlighting. I appreciate you know guys who do like there's really minute detail in that, but I like stuff that when it's put at the table distance, it punches you in the face. Uh, anyway, so kind of talking about that. Uh, continue on to get some comments from the uh, the uh, other artists in the room there before we get into uh, perhaps the unique details of characters. But um, if you're following another artist's work, um, uh, do you ever find yourself uh, you probably do notice their, you know, particular style, like how they render things or how they structure things. Like if you're, you know, uh, reading a lot of, of comics, just going on a bench from one artist or another, you probably notice that like it has that through line. Do you guys ever find yourself um, seeking out comics particularly based on uh, like that artist style, or um, uh, like if you know that an artist's name, if you know if there's an artist that you know you like their style or the way they do things, are you going to hunt? This down is going to make work? me sound terrible terrible <laughs> but like i don't look i don't look like mm. i don't go like oh yeah i really like them i'm gonna follow them but mm. if i dislike something i go oh i'm not gonna like i'm not right. they're all they're out <laughs> like yeah. that sounds terrible but like i know what i don't like yeah and if yeah. if i like it then i'll then you stay in that <laughs> you stay in the ring but if you do something i don't like then you're kind of out <laughs> sure yeah, if I like someone's art, uh, actually, I I try my best. As funny as it sounds, I try my best to like try and like deconstruct it, just, and just so I can like figure out where their mind was and when they were working on it. Like, what were they? Yeah. Like, yeah. How did they? How did they piece this together? Like, okay, this angle is this way. Why is it that way? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, Same. I have sat there with my ruler on a comic book and like ruled out. Like the perspective, like did they follow the perspective? Like, is there a perspective there, or did they just like was it? Uh, Andy Kubert has uh, what he calls a Kubert perspective, mm. which is uh, whatever perspective he wants to make it look like. Yes, right. Words. <laughs> so we just spent three years talking about doing perspective correctly, and, and you're telling me I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know for I, I don't. Uh, Dissect it as much, but I know for me personally, uh, I like really sketchy lines, and I like uh, almost kind of like a, a loose fit. Like, I like it when like the there's the pencils are still on the page, and the inks don't quite fit over that, and the color doesn't quite fit in that. So like anything by like Ashley Wood or uh, that has, has illustration by Ashley Wood or Rocky Kim, I have to pick that up because that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, those are good. Yeah, <clears throat> I like uh, um. I mean, like I said, Umberto Ramos, uh, Todd Knock, those are two of my top. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, actually, I like, I like, was it uh, Kenneth Rockefort? Mm. 
I probably believe yes, he's good. So he's, every, he's another one that I follow. I love. I love yeah, his. He does pencils. And he goes straight from like pencils to colors. I think. Yeah. Like yeah. even his work is very scratchy. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean, like he did uh, Extreme X Men, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, I just loved it. Yeah, uh, he's done a, quite a few independent things too that I really, yeah. really liked. Yeah, I love his style. Love it. Yeah, I have to be careful, you know, when I look at any of these things so that that doesn't creep in. Uh, yeah. Like I, I try not to, but like uh, Jose said, I do study it, you know, whenever I see, I mean, I have a lot of Terry Dodson books that yeah. I haven't even read just because it's Terry Dodson. Uh, uh, Rockford, another one. Yeah, uh, Rock, uh, Kenneth Rockford. Uh, Humberto Ramos Ramos is that how you say it? Uh, Um, there's several that I have, I've never even read the book, but I will pick that thing up and I will go through it and study Mm -hmm. it, look at it, look at the lines and how he rendered stuff and uh, all that. Yeah, yeah, Uh, obviously, um, uh, Establishing individual identity as an artist is something that just kind of happens naturally over time as you work. You can't really change the way you you naturally do things because you're not someone else. But uh, there are ways you can you know improve or change things. Um, so as we lost a a cat knocked over a panel or a fence, um, we have a, a stray cat that'll just walk across the top of our fence, and he just knocked over a panel in our backyard. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so uh, you, you can't change your style, but you can, you know, uh, adapt, change things, learn new things. Uh, so as artists, do you guys um, find other artists that you are, are similar to, and then and, and try to study how they do stuff, or do you just try to like study uh, as long as it's in your taste? Uh, well, again, you know, it's one of those things where even though I might try to incorporate something, it mm-hmm. doesn't end up looking like theirs. It ends up looking more like something else. Yeah. Like, it, it turns uh, into, it, instead of, you know, uh, yeah, doing like a Victor Ramos, like, uh, eyebrow or whatever, it turns into Quentin with a Ramos influenced eyebrow. Right. Right. Yeah. It's exactly, um, yeah, I, and I, you know, and even when I have actually successfully changed my style, it always seems to naturally, you know, return to form. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, what about you, Jose? I think it, I think it like, um, like I said, to, to break down someone's art, I think doing that. I'm never going to draw exactly how, you know, right. how, how not draw someone. It just won't happen. But if I can see, like, say the way he has someone's hand foreshortened, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I can see how he did that and then break it apart and put it in the blocks so I can see it right. and like uh, figure out, figure it out. Then I can do it in my own style yeah. uh, using that same like principle, that forced perspective. You know what I mean? Right. So like, I don't feel that for me anyway, I don't feel it necessarily creeps into my art. You know what I mean? As much as because I'm taking like I, I taught myself how to draw. You know what I mean? Then yeah. I freaking when I I got old and then went to art school. <laughs> so I had to like learn how to like piece it together myself. 
Yeah. So that's why a lot of that's why I do that a lot, as opposed to like like I don't think I ever read like how to draw the Marvel way stuff like that. Like I didn't oh, know that yeah. book existed until I think my twenties. So. Yeah. But. Yeah. So you don't really end up copying an artist's work, but it's more so you end up reverse engineering some of their. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's 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 anything though. You know, yeah. do it, doing stuff. I mean, uh, I'm sure it's the the same way with writing too. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, but you know, I've said this in the past before too, is that you know, uh, there's certain things like if we're talking about painting, mm-hmm. you can paint fire, you can paint, you know, uh, lots of different things, you know, power effects and uh, and make them look like the way they look in real life. But when you get down to pencils and inks, yeah. So that's you know you're dealing with lines now mm-hmm. how do you translate something like fire to lines no you know so line weight line weight yeah you you may see <laughs> at, at, well there you go you you have to kind of sometimes look at other artists or you don't yeah. have to you can come up with your own way of doing it but a lot of times what will happen is you'll see man, this guy's really doing a fire that I like, you know, that I really right. like how he added this effect or that effect. And sometimes it's colorist, you know, you see how yeah. a colorist does it and it's, it's pretty amazing. And, you know, you might incorporate that, you know, cause we're talking about stuff that, you know, uh, sometimes you do kind of have to in, reinvent the wheel or you kind of yeah. have to second guess how you're doing it because it's just not working, you know? So, there's that aspect of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, kind of falling along the, the same lines as the identity, the visual uh, or static identity of the artist. Uh, Jose, you mentioned that you taught yourself to draw and then later in life had gone through um, art school, which uh, yeah. seems to be more and more. So, you know, the case for a lot of people that, uh, well, Economically, it almost makes more sense than doing straight out of high school, but also, um, you know, uh, people are realizing that you can get careers in creative spaces. So they feel like I they want to go back there in. There is but... no way I would have made it through the Cuber school had I went directly out of high school. Right. Yeah. There's no way. Oh, like, no. I know, I know me, I know my attention span, I know my mentality, yeah. the logic of doing it. Ew, not Aaron. Completely changes yes. uh, when you get older. So, <laughs> and also joined by Aaron. Huh? It's Earn. Hey now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, somebody has to be nice tonight, don't they? <laughs> uh, Aaron, did you watch the uh, mandatory homework in the group chat? <laughs> uh, what was the mandatory homework in the group chat? I saw a trailer. What was it? RRR, uh, India's biggest action movie from uh, Bollywood. I know I saw an action movie from Bollywood that started Sharuk. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, it was intense. Yeah, this one it's it's a new movie. It's out on Netflix now, and it is it it, it looks insane. like it's gonna be insane. Yeah. Um, and you're talking about uh, uh, visual identity mode, but uh, Jose, uh, do you think that you, your your visual identity? Did you say that it would have changed going? going into and coming out of the Cupid screw, did it did it evolve? Did it, anything change at all? Or did it just like you add new layers to your already existing? I think I so, added new layers because there's a yeah. lot I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Going in. And I went in like like I said, from high school I, I would never have I, I'd have had a chip on my shoulder, all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah. But like being older, I went in with like 
I want to absorb as much as everyone is going to tell me. And I had classmates that had a chip on their shoulder. I was like, okay, I, I know you're young. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you've not worked in, in not so much in the business, but you've not worked in the real world yeah. to be able to appreciate what we're getting here. Yeah. And so like that, I feel that that helped me to, to like, you know, really absorb everything I was, that I was, that I was taught and like incorporate it into how I do things. Like, I wouldn't have understood a lot, like everything I did, like when I did uh, traditional inking at the back, you know, before I went to art school was all like pen and some croquil, not so much brush, but like, I didn't understand or grasp that you can use like different textures and techniques, you know, spattering stuff on there and stuff like that. Like that changed how I looked at my inking work and that changed how I looked at my coloring work because I knew there was a better way to color than the way I was doing it. Because what I was doing was very redundant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like doing the same thing over and over again to get the effect that I know could uh, happen easier. Yeah. And so, like like I said, I sat there and absorbed everything. I took notes, man. I filled a notebook up with everything, yeah, yeah. especially for, like, digital stuff. Like, I yeah. still have that notebook. Nice. Quentin, um, you know, we were discussed on the show how you have your, your day job in um, uh, illustration and design for marketing. Um. Do you think that your style has uh, evolved coming out of that? That it is is your marketing style strictly the result of all your other creative styles influencing that, or has it bounced back and also influenced some of your other creative things? Have you cross pollinated your styles there? There is, uh, I think, probably the biggest thing that my my uh, marketing my, my day job has added has been versatility Mm. um versatility and working the muscle you know keeping it keeping it uh, going and every now and then i can kind of use my job to uh experiment some so there's that uh as far as really affecting it outside of that i don't really think so because uh I, like, I would not do a mascot the way I do a superhero right. for a comic just because, for one, it's it's uh, it's going to look too cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, people that aren't in comics, they don't get it, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes. And uh that's that's pretty much what it comes down to there a lot of yeah. times they're looking for their mascot to be a classic looking mascot right not you know not something they'd pick up in a you know comic book or something yeah, that yeah. looks really nice you know that's got all the rendering and all the detail they're like they'd be like you know what is all these marks and yeah. you know uh, some, you know, there'd be quite a few people that really appreciate it, but the people who matter, who are buying it, you know, yeah. uh, they're not, they just don't really get it. So, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, it's kind of hard to say. I mean, there's a lot of aspects of it mm-hmm. that do add and I'm able to experiment. I'm able to work the, work the muscle, you know, keep it fresh, keep it going. But, um, you know, for the most part, I'm pretty tame when it comes to stuff I do at my work because, you know, you really, 
oh man, you really had to do what the customer wants. And if they mm-hmm. say, Hey, you know, I want and a lot of, you know, as far as versatility, I have to do different styles. Like yes. if they show me a picture of something and they say, Hey, we want it just like this guy, then I have to be that guy, Yeah, you know, for however long it takes me. Or if they say, Hey, we want this fully digitally painted like a movie poster. I have to do it like a movie poster. And all of a sudden I'm like a movie poster painter. Yeah. You know, and uh, or a lot of times, you know, we want the WB style or we want the Hanna-Barbera style mm-hmm. on this. So I had to do that, you know, so versatility. It's added a lot of versatility yeah. and that has helped my art a lot. So I, I, you know, I'm very blessed to have the job that I have. Yeah, cool. Uh, and uh, Aaron, before I move on to the next half of our subject there. Uh, as a uh, artist, uh, one who does illustrations, um, would you say that you have, over time, uh, developed your own unique style, uh, maybe what that kind of looks like, and, and what things could have influenced that or uh, may have uh, helped you evolve that or, or change that over time? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like who was an influence on me. Um, Besides me. Yes. Well, bad influence. Not, yeah, bad good influences. Yeah. <laughs> Besides the late great Ralph Bakshi. We don't want to get into Aaron's yeah. checkered past or any of that. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I did like Joe Madden uh, mm. growing up and Jim Lee. Love him. Um, yeah. I think the old Ninja Turtle comics were an influence oh, on me as far yeah. as aesthetic. Definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I did like a lot of the uh, Alien Legion done by Larry Stroman. I'm thinking of yeah. old stuff I kind of grew up with. Uh, I used to look at those a lot. Yeah. Um, Appleseed was a big influence on me, as usual. Akira yeah. to a degree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was really into anthropomorphic comics, like Usagi Yojimbo and, and the Ninja Turtles and stuff. And so, I don't know. But a lot of times, I would just draw and then, like, put my stuff aside and try to remember what I saw so I wouldn't always copy verbatim. I didn't yeah. really want to do that. Um Saturday morning cartoons were a huge influence on me. Mm, um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know beyond that. You can definitely see the like I definitely get a lot of like the uh the team and T and the way you kind of structure things, but then like in the way you like you rendered your colorings. Uh yeah. I definitely see a lot of like these Saturday morning cartoons influence on that. Yeah, 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 that's that's the kind of I like that sort of coloring yeah, style yeah. Of, the, of the cartoons. Definitely. So. All right, uh, well, we'll step into the uh, next half of the subject here. Uh, for those of you uh, watching, and remember, last week we did experiment with a shorter timed po- uh, episode, and that does seem to work out better, both for the analytics and also for uh, the, our editors when they cut it down to a podcast. So, going forward, episodes of a Tuesday show will be between an hour, hour and a half. Depending, so uh, that sorry, is sorry, Jose. It came from the top. Yeah, we'll we'll be giving Listen, Jose they his, cut his us off, Jose show. and I can just keep yeah. on talking and arguing. It will be fine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. When they give us the uh, the Star Wars uh, trivia uh, episode, that's going to be a five hour show. Um, at bare minimum. At bare minimum. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was like, they were lucky I was sick on Star Wars Day because, listen, if I would have got in there, I could have talked at least five hours about Darth Vader and Hayden Christensen just, you know, as a warm-up. 
Yeah, I, I, warm up, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will say most recent episode of Kenobi. Um, hiding that Hank Christensen is older now is hard, but the man's acting skills have definitely improved. It was very cool seeing him on screen again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's on the same receipt. Like yeah, that, the, the prequels were twenty years ago. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, like well, fine wine. Yeah. Uh, also, Ewan McGregor does not really age all that much either. Uh, he's a but, vampire. Yes. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, no, he's Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, uh, speaking, I guess, of uh, iconic character designs, another facet of the aesthetic, aesthetic, aesthetic identity of comics is the unique character designs because everyone usually has, you know, a character when you see it, you as a child, you go, "That's freaking cool," and then you glom onto that yeah. forever. Um, for a lot of people, that is Darth Vader. Uh, very iconic design, very much the aesthetic identity of Star Wars for a while. Okay, uh, I gotta go. Oh, Be right back. Oh. All right. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, so I know for you me, you didn't want to get compared to Darth Vader. Apparently, I know for me, uh-huh. comics wise, that is for sure. Uh, going to be Cable. Uh, when I saw his design uh, in the late 90s, I immediately fell in love with it and had to get all of the Cable comics ever. Um, and all the toys and see him all the cartoons. Yep. And every time I play Marvel vs. Capcom, he's always on my team. Uh, <laughs> uh, Can't fault that. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, I'm so pissed. Okay, so, uh, for those of you who also are long-time followers of the podcast of the streams, there's an ongoing theme where every time I go to our local arcade, barcade, uh, I go to the claw machine and I get a comic-based action figure. Uh, <laughs> this last time I went in there, there was another cable. It was the uh, Technovirus arm cable with the uh, blue jumpsuit. Oh, nice. But it was in the corner past the drop-off point where the claw could not go because uh, it fell yeah. the claw and also doing it. There's no way I could get to it. I was so bummed. Um, man, you know you could just right. <laughs> <laughs> no one will notice. Yeah, no. Well, it is a barcade, so there was already some alcohol involved. So I'm sure that could. It may not be the worst thing to hit to there. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, pass the question on to you guys. Uh, what are some examples of like a character's design or ident- or like the aesthetics of them that you uh, I think we already kind of making these qu- uh, answer here. But I don't for, have one. <laughs> <laughs> but I heard their, their design or identity, their uh, aesthetics, you be glummed on to. Uh, the answer to all yeah. her questions is Hayden Christensen. Yes. I'm like, right now, right behind my screen is my life-size Darth Vader just staring at me as I'm talking. So, like, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that you one's ever my watch favorite. But I'm that not Ryan sure. Reynolds movie where his pets were telling him to kill people, <laughs> right? <laughs> that's that's how I envision Mackenzie's day goes when she's on the computer. She's sitting there typing instead of like offering to try and get you to kill people. It's all like, "What's up, girl? <laughs> how you doing, girl?" <laughs> yes. And she's just like, "What's up, Darth?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, if I could point to a character like you're talking about, uh, there's a couple, like you said, Cable. Yeah. Man, I was a 
huge fan and I could not believe that he didn't really do a whole lot more. And I mean, really make waves. There's a couple of them. Number one was death, uh, death lock. Mm, Loved his character to design. It was way before. And and then eventually spawn. Cause to me, death lock and spawn. I mean, it it was just natural, you know, even though, I mean, spawn has no cybernetics or anything, but you know, it just but the uh, aesthetic of their face. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, yeah. They're, they're uh, Deathlock, also Death's Head too. I like Death's Head one, but that's uh, another I one. I like that, Death's Head one. Uh, that's another one I could not figure out. You know, how is this guy not like you know, like huge? You know, absolutely huge. Yeah. Ghost Rider, another one. Uh, and especially whenever Todd McFarlane started, you know, do, putting him in like Spider-Man when he was doing his Spider-Man run. Um, loved the Ghost Rider in there. Uh, but I, I don't know why, but I always tend to go that direction. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know why. It just looks really cool to me. I guess, uh, you know, it's just a thing with me. Yeah. I am clearly a child of the 90s because I liked... Uh, uh, Midnight Suns um, movies, yeah. where he had yes. like the, the gothic, uh, like all the belts and straps and whatnot on on. Yeah. Yes, it's Morbin time. That's right, Morbin, Morbin time. Doesn't he say that in the actual <laughs> I saw movie? That. that was a no. Weird... no, 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 no. There's a, a Twitter thing. Oh, was it Twitter or Instagram or whatever? Yeah. Where uh, um, Jay Let Jay Leto? No, wrong person. Whatever. His name. Jared, Jared Leto. Leto. Yeah. Where, Jared uh, Leto. Uh, he's sitting there. Was it like his significant other or whatever is like asking him like what what does he got and crap like that? And he has this um this like script in his hand. He like the camera kind of pans around to see it, and it says Morbius two. I Morbius saw that. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it's a meme that doesn't stop giving. Um, right. <laughs> Uh, but Aaron, we were talking about uh, now the uh, aesthetic identity or the unique identity, uh, the designs of characters or com or of you know things in comics that make us glom on to that character, that story, that whatever. Um, and we talked about how I don't have one. <laughs> you, don't have, <laughs> you don't have what an identity? Or... No, I don't have a character that I identify with. <laughs> I think uh, he was just using oh, that to make like, a shot at you. You so like we're talking about characters that we identify with or like visually like or whatever. Uh, visually like, visually kind of going to like when you see it, you're like like if you saw their silhouette, you like you know who they are. And like yeah. oh yeah, because uh, like uh, comics is very well known for having characters like when you see it, you immediately glom onto that. Like that's with Cable, but you know for a lot of people that is you know when they see like. Wolverine and the uh, brown and gold with the claws are like me, like that's my guy. That's I yeah. love that. Yeah, I think that's why I like Loki so much, though. Like, I just think like it, Loki has like a like I nowhere com- like to Darth Vader level, but like I think Loki has like a really powerful silhouette. Yeah, yeah so he just carries a certain amount of swagger to him. Yeah, yeah. I was always yeah, but is that the character Loki, or is that freaking? No, no, no. I mean, like, the hel- like the way that I... Well, Tom Hiddleston's pretty, but, you know. <laughs> uh, no, like, the, I like the, like, the... I think it's, like, when you see a... Sil- There's not many silhouettes I look at, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that, besides 
you know, Darth Vader. And I can catch, you know, as we know, Hayden Christensen from a mile away. That's why when Obi-Wan looked up, I, and there was a man with a back turn. I was like, that's my boy. Didn't yes. even need to, didn't even see his face. But like, I just, I think Loki's silhouette is really, really cool. I think it's, you know, how they went like about the, it. Like the one with the horns and stuff, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, as far as like silhouette characters, I really like, uh, I'm a big fan of Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, uh, Saragar from, um, Alien Legion. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll show you guys an image of Saragar. Um, because I always thought he was. Amazing. He is. He was one of my favorite. And then, of course, uh, Jugger Grimrod, who is also one of my other favorite ones that I really liked. Um, did they have a good Jugger image? Because I actually incorporated a lot of aesthetics from. Um, um, Have they even really? Uh, while he looks for that, have they ever really even done anything with Deathlock that anybody knows about? I mean, I haven't really picked up anything super new. Not in quite some time. Not, not no. He got uh, the part of the most mainstream attention he got was getting featured in Agents of Shield, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, he hasn't had really had any time in a run. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember this one, uh, Cybernary by by Dick Manabat. He did Cybernary. Do anybody remember that? Uh, it was it released that... as a half issue with Death Blow by Jim Lee. Dick Manabat. He didn't stay around long. He 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 passed away not too long after he was working in there. Uh, he's got a really dark style. Really awesome, uh, but he had some pretty awesome Deathlock Deathlock like characters too. That was a, I don't know if anybody. One of these days, I'll I'll show it to you. I had to dig it up, but did you find I what you were looking for? Oh yeah, I'm looking. I'm just trying to where do do do. There, Sarah. Thought I had another picture. There you go. I wish we were having this conversation with younger younger me because, like, younger me was, like, obsessed with, like, Speed Racer. And I don't think I could have picked Speed Racer as a silhouette, but definitely. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I picked that one out. Uh, uh, from conversation, uh, or I sent a couple of comments when joining the chat. No comment, I was like, seven was X Men. As they did, I just want to share. Yeah. Um, yeah. The classic X Men is what I was I got into that parlayed into X Force, um, you know, like Cable, um, Nightcrawler with the uh, at the time the yeah. giant uh, pointy yeah. shoulders and uh, uh, even uh, Cyclops with his like bandoliers of pouches for <laughs> it's yeah. no practical purpose. That but... was the time. Yes. Yeah. This is Saragar. Oh yeah. Oh, he's yeah. in the Legion. Yeah, Legion, Alien Legion, and I, in fact, yeah. I one of my characters of my Goblins is heavily inspired by Saragar. 
and that's Grimrod. Jugger Grimrod, which is one of my favorites. Nice. Um, he was basically a pirate. And that's kind of all of them, all the other characters. But I just love Saragar as like the sort of blue and this. So, I mean, I've seen silhouettes of him, and it just works perfectly. I mean, you just always know that guy. Um, and so, of course, um, I don't know, other aesthetics that I really like. Uh, so, uh, I'll pass it on to this. So, uh, this is something that uh, writers and artists usually have to work together on. Um, because writers often, you know, create the world or and create the the, the character concepts that um, lead to these characters. But the artists, of course, actually create the visual design and uh, put it to paper. But what do you guys think are some of the um, features, or um, you know, uh, you can't really try aiming for goal to have a like smash it character is kind of you know. It, it, it's a fool's folly. Like you're not going to be able to like create the next Cyclops if that's your goal. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah. But but uh, what do you guys think of some of the features that like, or, or just some of the uh, concepts, combinations, whatever it is that you that you aim for that you think of when you're going to create these characters that make them stand out to yourself as the creator? Because I think that's the way to go about it is to make them stand out to you first. Because if you like it, someone else is going to like it. Hmm, that's a good question. I mean, from design point of view, I mean, one of the the things that we were taught was like, if you can, rec- like, I mean, we mentioned about silhouette. If you can recognize a character from the silhouette, then you know, that's a good thing. You know, so like something, something that's going to stand out and not just look like you know generic humanoid shape. A, you know, right. Like, uh, if you know, if you see a silhouette of Nightcrawler and he's, you know, he's got his hands up like this and whatnot, you know, he's only got like three fingers, and you see the tail with him behind, you're pretty much gonna guess that that's Nightcrawler. You know what I mean? If you know right. anything about even very little about X Men, then you know, you know that. You know what I mean? Or, or like you said, Wolverine standing there with his arm out and the claws, you know, poking mm-hmm. out. You're gonna know who that is. Uh, but there's some figures that just don't that don't translate well. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like especially if you're creating your own your own first character and stuff like that, you those are like aspects you should like look into to make sure that you know people you're gonna recognize your character amongst a herd of other characters and other yeah. people are gonna recognize it as well. Yeah, I think uh design wise, you know, you wanna do what you think looks cool at the same time you kinda don't wanna do something that's already been done a thousand times, but then there are aspects that you probably don't need to leave out you know, that is obvious that the general population and even yourself enjoy about certain said character. Like if it's a villain, you know, yeah, you you should do something original, but I mean, don't get so original that, you know, we don't know what we're looking at. I, I don't know how to really explain it better than that. I think it's kind of a, you know, you got to be careful and really do that fine line between what, what is original and what anybody know what I'm what I'm trying to say here it's, yeah, uh, it's definitely a fine line like you want to you want to take on the inspiration of these classic char- a lot yeah. of classic characters yeah. that stay in the public eye that are popular and you're like okay I want mine to be popular like like these yeah. but at the same point I don't want it I want it to be original yeah, yeah you don't want to copy 
but you yeah. you don't want to go too far out where you know people are you know right and that's yeah. kind of yeah um uh and Jackson kind of mentioned something that uh i think just uh uh, dealing with globalization there uh, something that aggressive that stands out that uh compared to the rest of the bodies so, like having like one one or few uh one or few details that are so like pop out that those are what draw your eye while they they can let the rest kind of sit in the 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 realm of the mundane um so like uh designing uh soul Invictus or yeah for um uh, soul ascendant uh i want to have a character look like a roman legionary because that's the design that everyone is saying like you know fifty thousand times all the way from ben Hur to gladiator mm-hmm. um but uh you know turn the horsehair plume and a lot of the effects into like fire type stuff and give him a flaming spear and gladius uh and you know make make his armor scalloped as opposed to layered so it's still design that's recognizable but there's these aggressive pop-out elements that make it. I think sometimes also people no. over overthink it. Like yes. you necessarily don't need to change everything about mm-hmm. it to make it unique. Like for an example, yeah. like I remember when I was approaching like Night Rise, and when I was first envisioning it, um, you know, like the dark the dark creatures coming in, I was like, yeah, like, let's have it fire. And Quentin right away was like, hey, I want to do purple. And I was like, no, I want to do I want to do red and orange and all that. And even just the slight change of coloration like, gave the story uniqueness. So it didn't have to change anything else about it besides a simple color. Right. Right. So who won? Quentin. <laughs> well, I, I, I but, but uh, I did prove it, though. I did, you, did you know. Prove it. You I did. did. I did show her, you know, and I had examples. So I mean, right. uh, that you know, this could be something different that gives yeah. it a a face of its own. You know, yeah, it, it still looks cool, and they're using fire. They're bad guys, and they're using fire. But at the same time, it's you know, it's a different color. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I dig that. Uh, and Royal Airships asks, uh, does the aesthetic uh, of a character get suckered into archetype? Uh, or is there break gut? Sometimes it does, especially if you're doing like uh, a classic Great Crusader comic. A lot of times archetype does kind of have a big influence on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, you know, uh, when you're dealing with a, a medium that is so uh Comics and their hero's journey have a very long and storied past. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So a lot of things kind of fall into the hero's journey in some aspects. Um, uh, and there, there are ways to play around that. I think. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, to what you're yeah. saying, we are like cooks in a kitchen. Yeah, the ingredients mm-hmm. are already there. They've already been established and. People have cooked with the same spices for millennium, and you're not going to make up a new spice. You're going to have to use <laughs> what is there, you know. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, there was your can, point. Yeah, you can always can play around with it, like uh, in creating pastiche, where like 
you combine them in a way that is something that isn't really seen very often or uh but every every story's already been told uh and uh, you know uh, the words of uh was it um was it Trump? Was it Tosiewski? Uh, the uh, the there are two forms of fiction: a man goes to town, or a man goes on an adventure. <laughs> uh, the the addition, of course, that being um, the 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 third great uh, form of literature is Sharknado. Um, Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good stuff. But yeah, but, you know, there's you know, U.S. things. I think I like to think that with Wolf Hunter, we kind of played around with the tropes and, and made it kind of a um that disassociating visual personas from archetypes as done very intentionally given that it's a spies on a train story where everyone has to kind of blend in in some way not there are still characters that have an archetype but they get played around or, or danced with in the ways that don't actually lead into those archetypes yeah straightforward. Yeah, yeah. I was uh, saying it the way I did because some people, yeah, you know, they ah, oh, that's that's just like such and such, and they kind of dismiss it, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, you know what they're actually saying is, you know, oh yeah, it's been done before. We know it's been done before. There is right. no new thing under the sun. Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah. Um, so I mean, people I are a I've little. Gotten- a little quick, you know, sometimes to be shallow, but I mean, that's just the way that's always going to be a thing too. Right. You know, just like there's do some original character designs. I mean, you can get, I mean, I do think my character crystal is pretty unique. The fact that from the waist down, Mm. she has stone legs and her hair is made of crystalline. So I do think there's some, I think, I think people, don't I don't know they get kind of stuck in what they they want to do what they like oh I like this and they want to do what they like and so they just kind of copy or whatever but I have seen people do some really original unique characters I still think you can actually do them you just kind of have to push the envelope away from the aesthetically what is popular yeah I will agree with that I mean if uh, if you've been watching you know you can tell sometimes uh, you know if somebody's been watching too much of this or that now yeah. I will say yeah. that there is there is you know it does creep in a little too much with some folks but I mean there's a lot of times where that's you know people are just uh, doing stuff and people pass it off you know as when I think it's totally fine. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's original enough. I'm not even just talking about my own stuff. I'm talking about other people's stuff. You know, people are yeah. pretty judgmental about certain mm-hmm. things, you know, that I really don't think they have a basis, you know, to. Yeah, you could say that about anything, you know, that it's all been yeah. done. I mean, it's all been done. But... I think people are quick to want to bust you out on something like yeah. they, people as as a whole. They yeah. want, especially like the the comic, like fandom, the comic community, when that mm. they they so desperately want to find where you're not doing something original. That even if there's yeah. a little bit, of, oh, he did it just like this, blah blah. blah. He's got yeah. straight up copying, like yeah, yeah. The, the comic fandom can definitely have his moments, uh, especially they want they want everything, they want something new, but they want nothing to change. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, they want something they haven't seen before, but exactly like something else. Uh, right. Yeah. yeah. 
It's uh, so funny how that works. Uh, but, it's, you know, some people, I, I guess they don't feel smart unless they're saying something negative sometimes. Yeah. You know, uh, it's really yeah. weird. Uh, and see, uh, again, so all stories are split between nostalgia, current affairs, and futurist. Uh, it, in like most basic terms, that's where you end up fighting uh, a lot of uh, routing of that because you'll, if all fiction is escapist, you need a reality to escape from. So you're mm-hmm. always gonna have that little bit of grounding and uh, the not the uh, nostalgia of the present or the future. And then you know, yeah, it plays on that if you're that's optimistic. just getting the hell away. <laughs> yeah, and then you have things that are like, if yeah. it's, is it optimistic? Is it pessimistic? Is it absurdist? Um, absurdist comics are some of the best. Uh, if you like French comics, there's a bunch of ones like that. Um, uh, so we are kind of uh winding out on time here with our new given time limit. So, what? Uh, yeah, no, um, I know, dude. I know, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm putting in a call to home office tomorrow, nice. Jose. We did. Uh, I appreciate I did. that, sir. I'll sign that petition. <laughs> I, I did just resubscribe my Netflix account and uh, open up RRR in another tab. Um, <laughs> and uh, Tim's already I, half gone. <laughs> I know. Uh, before we go, we did get some new, get some news. Uh, uh, the Tolkien Estate has uh, published another one of Tolkien's half finished manuscripts. So there is now a new Tolkien book out today. So have to find really? that. Really? Yes. Interesting. And like now we're joking about out? it. Yeah, now we're joking how uh, uh, J.R.R. Tolkien has managed to uh, beat out George Martin in terms of release schedule from the grave. <laughs> Man, that's good stuff, yeah. They're duking it out in Valhalla. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, any uh, uh, passing thoughts or ending thoughts on unique identities, favorite characters, uh, the visuals thereof? I really just have the question of why did we get this today when the last episode of Kenobi is tonight and it's easier to stay up till three if we're doing two hours. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Wait, you don't stay up till change. three on the regular? What? You don't stay up till three on the regular? Listen, listen. I've been trying to get a normal sleep schedule. It's not working. <laughs> yeah. You're speaking weirdness to me. Me too. I've been trying to do it for years. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just like during the summer I have a lot of dinosaur stuff. So like I try Oh yeah. I try to like somewhat stay since I have to be on some kind of a schedule. Yeah. I I get to go observe uh a service crew uh repair someone's HVAC system. So I can I then to write like a blog post about it. And, and watch them it. <laughs> All right. I don't think we have any in on the aesthetics. I, I I I think if anything, I try to not have things influence me when I do my aesthetics. I'm even trying to think of my Goblins book when I did the aesthetics on that. I just like to make up aliens and stuff, and so I don't know. No, I mean, right. when I did my God of Lightning, instead of doing Thor or whatever, I just like what if it was an actual bolt of lightning. Yeah, and I just went from there. Uh, and for my book, I wanted something that wasn't wasn't the same as everything else. Like I, I made a a gothic western, so like the guy was a. Like, yeah. I know it's cliche and whatnot. He's a preacher and whatnot, but he's a preacher out for revenge. Like that was my first 
first go at freaking creating stuff. And my first superhero comic I, I created was uh, basically freaking any other, any Marvel like uh, character out there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was new, basically New Mutants, but just one guy. And and then now, like the one I'm working on now, uh, I wanted something that just veered off away from everything that I had ever thought of and whatnot. So it was, he's like a like a barbarian kid on like the Serengeti. Nice. Well, he's a barbarian kid. That's funny. I'm doing that Halloween <laughs> barbarian guy knocked. Knocked is yeah. great, dude. I love it every time you post something new. I I have some other. I have I do have some stories. Uh, in mind, but there'll be single issue stories. I don't want to do a series, so they'll just be right. Each story be one. Yeah, don't tell them now. We have a time limit. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you have a time limit. Do you have to watch Obi Wan? Um, you know, I take care of Grogu. I mean, Princess Leia. Sorry, um, Princess Grogu. My friend Listen, pointed out. He's I'm like, he's like, is Princess Leia space, pretty much man. like? My friend was watching. She's like, "Isn't this pretty much the Mandalorian, except he's taking care of Princess Leia instead of Grogu?" And I'm like, "Yeah, kinda." <laughs> like, and then, and then the whole series just kind of shot for me. I'm like, "Huh." Oh. Well, in a weird way, uh, Princess Leia actually has agency, whereas Grogu did not, for the most part, until the very end. There, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Is the last episode on tonight? Is that the? Is, is that what yes. it is? Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, Disney is just giving us uh, six episodes for a while. Uh, Star Wars and Marvel, yeah. Oh, okay. So yep. the Miss Miss Marvel thing. So they did that I, need, I need to catch up on the boys. Like yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. I need to catch up on the boys, and yeah. uh, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a blessing and a curse in that you know our, our content now feels limited, but also gives us more time to get to over other content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't want any other content besides you know. <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know. <laughs> you can, you, have you read the uh, the uh, Charles uh, Soul uh, Vader comics yet, Mackenzie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. If you have not, then that's that's your content. <laughs> that's like literally the old, like when Roland was like, "Come, come to Silverline." I I was like, "Okay," but the only comics I own are Darth Vader, and the only comics I continue to own are Darth Vader. Yes. <laughs> What if is it? Do you like Darth Vader as a character, or is it just the fact that Christian? No, I I like Darth Vader before I liked hating Christensen. I I was like four years old, being like, I want Darth Vader. (laughs) Actually, if you have not read the novel, there's another novel called uh, Lords of the Sith. Oh, I read that. Okay, but you are you are on your your Vader content, yeah. Please, yes. But you know, I love I love the way Vader gets depicted in the expanded universe. He's just yeah. And when we are seeing that in Kenobi too, where he is just a powerhouse. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So yeah. Uh. And our last bits here. Any where can people find you guys? Uh, what are you currently working on? Um. What did you last buy at the gas station? Uh, McKinsey go. <laughs> Oh gosh, you put me on the spot. I've been doing dinosaurs. I haven't been doing anything besides waiting to watch more uh, Obi Wan Kenobi uh, for Hayden Christensen and Darth Vader and all that good stuff. But yes. you can uh, catch me here on Tuesdays with these fine fellows. You can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook under my name or Wartman25, all that good stuff. Uh, Jose. 
Um, you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. I believe both of them are the same name. And I stay away from Twitter because it scares me. Huh? It's like the boogeyman. And I just finished up. Well, not just, but I, I finished up doing inks for the Obsoletes number one. And I'm working currently on inks for Cat and Mouse. You just finished the inks for Obsoletes number one? I mean, I didn't just finish. I'm just saying I I, I had finished those. And I'm then, sorry, uh, buddy. I'm working on I'm working on colors for uh for Peter's The Last Witchfinder. For, That's okay. Uh, Quentin lost videos. my script today. You might I did. In the next few weeks, you might be getting a huge <laughs> dump of crap from me. Right on. <laughs> so so there you go. It's 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 not my problem anymore. It's all Jose's problem. Right. Bring bring it on. That's a reason to lock myself in the bedroom away from the kids. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did with uh, Wolf Hunters. Uh, second got the go ahead, I just finished the entire series and sent it off to the penciler. <laughs> like, right, okay, here's. Yep. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and yeah. then I did this today. Yes. I like that Daredevil. Who is that supposed to be? Electra's Daredevil? Yes, Electra's Daredevil. Yeah. Um. That's kind of is she like an actual character or is it people just that fan? Yeah, oh no, she's she's one of the characters. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jackson, it's uh, great to have you here. Glad you found us. Um, yeah, be sure to follow follow around. We are live here every Tuesday, and we uh, next week is actually be yeah, Argentina's great. Um, uh, Messi is number one. We also have a B Uh, team on Sunday. Yeah, and and a C (laughs) team on Wednesday. Yeah, so just letting you know. Yeah, uh, next week is going to be a weird episode because we're going to be doing actually a game day episode uh, to start off summer. Uh, so I'll be posting a another link. game day. Are we doing the, this like the last time? It's going to be a new game in a similar vein. This one is free to play. You will need to download it to your phone or from Steam, depending on how you're playing. Okay. Uh, this one's called, uh, it's called Be Funny Now, and it's a free to play party game where uh, you're in the position of. Uh, stand-up comedians trying to fill a prompt, and the rest of us vote on whether or not you succeeded or not. As yeah, a... I need to win my crown back from game. Yes, game. yeah. <laughs> I actually have okay. Before before I got you one know question. whatever like it makes you sleep at night. The crown I know, is like telling you, my head. I I the first was it the first game day I was on. I won the crown, and then yes. the second game day I lost it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I have this strange thing for aesthetics, and I have one question before we go, just because I torture, which is weird. Are we in that nine thirty or nine ten? Because I have nine ten on my clock here. Uh, well, uh, we are we right, end at nine. We we end anywhere between nine and nine thirty. Mm-hmm. I start us at nine because that means we'll end by nine thirty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, we get sense. really distracted. So, is for aesthetic a character's aesthetic? Do you guys have a favorite time period of overall aesthetics, or any time period you hate? To me personally, I'm a big fan of the '80s, uh, duh, because I grew up in the '80s. But I like '80s aesthetics. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the. And 90s. I hate '80s aesthetics. Really, and I'm not a big fan of the '90s <laughs> character aesthetics. I wasn't. I, I feel like for like an opposite vein, like uh, or a similar vein, uh, uh, the '90s are my go-to because that's what I I grew up with. So I love yeah. the, the big pouches, yeah. the giant guns, all the weird cybernetics that serve no purpose. Um, yeah. But also, I do love late '80s, early '90s synth wave, like that whole color scheme. Yeah, so good. <laughs> uh, I thought you were talking about the music synth wave. 
both <laughs> the, the culture. Well, okay, that's fair. yeah. The music, the color palette, the psychedelics. I mean, the music makes everything cooler. Yes. One of the reasons I love to watch Stranger Things, and it's like one of my favorite shows, is because of the heavy '80s mm. stuff. See, know, that's back. that's that's funny you should say that because that's exactly why I did not like it. I felt it was mm. too shoved down my throat. Yeah, that's I, I really like it, it. Yeah, I what I like about season. it is they yeah. go and it's not. See, when we were in the '80s and you saw a child's bedroom. It didn't look like an 80s bedroom, honestly, to me. But, mm-hmm. but like, when you see rooms and stuff in this, the, there's paneling and there's, like, yeah. it's it's not all dressed up. You know, it's like a like yeah. in a trailer, you know? That's what yeah. I remember from the 80s, you know? I, I think the thing that kind of got me with the 80s, with the, I mean, with the nostalgia in there, as I remember for the first season, like every every room they're in, they had a poster of Jaws and all these '80s properties. And the thing is, is I'm like, yes, those properties did come out in the '80s. Yes, we enjoyed them, but none of my friends had posters and stuff of these things. It was like, how do you say, you, we liked them, but we weren't. I don't know. It didn't feel like there was like the fan wave that is today. I mean, people liked. My friends played with G.I. Joe and played with Transformers. They weren't decorating their walls with Transformer stuff. Maybe their bed sheets. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't remember that. I, I don't remember my friends my ever. Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my mom whooped my butt because I used permanent marker. Oh, no. <laughs> and you deserve no. that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think yeah. that was that, that was kind of one of the things like I remember one of the episodes later on I didn't see the full episode they sang like the never ending story song yeah. and it's like yeah. I I'm, I'm a huge future. fan of the never ending story it's one of my favorite movies but I don't remember many kids and stuff talking about it when I was growing up in the 80s I didn't so, remember more people talking about so you know, it after the fact in the 90s because his girlfriend wouldn't help Unless he sang it to her. Oh, yeah, I know, I know the thing. Sang it to her during during band camp or ma- or math camp. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I, I heard the scene they were singing, but I'm. I'm not. I'm just like it's weird because I was like I remember the show. I talked to my friends, but we it was like much later. It's like I don't know how to how to say this. When people do nostalgic stuff, sometimes they get so heavy handed with it, they kind of warp the reality of how it really was back then. That makes sense. Hmm. If that it's like yes, this stuff came out then and it was popular then, but it, I don't remember people living with like jaws and I, and toy all over the place back then. I none of I my friends did that. They're not like I don't think they're trying because you lived in the eighties. They're not doing it necessarily for you, but for yeah. me who did not grow up in the eighties, if I see a jaw po- jaws poster, I can pinpoint what what the decade is because I'm like, oh okay, I know what yep. year that came out in. So, so you're well, saying it came out in the seventies Well like my dad was trying to triangulate the viewer. Yeah, like they're trying to they're trying to like you guys would look at that and see the panels and see that and go like, oh yeah, this is totally an 80s bedroom. I've never seen an 80s bedroom, but I've seen a Jaws poster and I know what year Jaws came out. So it's like okay, this will resonate with this generation. And we're trying to hit different age groups, so like. It also depends a lot. It also depends a lot on where you were from. Yep. 
and what yeah. your experience was. Because like all the stuff you're saying, you didn't have these posters and those posters. I knew, I did know some people who did have mm-hmm. like Kiss all over the room. Yeah, like, yeah. and I'm talking boys, and uh, you know, and later on Bon Jovi, like crazy. Well, yeah, the I band's poster. So, so what we're saying is that instead of using uh, elements of a uh, realistic representation, they're using a aesthetic identity. To silhouette the concept of the eighties, yeah, Correct. I guess. I mean, well, I don't, I don't remember people a lot of people on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I remember like a lot of my friends had band posters <laughs> and other stuff on their walls. I mean, that was true. Um, I don't know. I mean, it was weird because I and I'm I'm honestly just thinking when I grew up because I grew up in my young childhood or early teen years in the eighties, and I and when I watched that show, I'm like. It felt like how do I say? It? So I'm I'm not picking on that show in particular. I'm talking about all nostalgia shows. It's kind of like they're constantly winking at you, constantly. Mm-hmm. Like you know, it's the '80s, right? It's the '80s. See, see the start, see the Jaws poster. It's the '80s, right? It's the '80s in the Dark Crystal pose. You see the Dark Crystal pose. It's the '80s. Did you see the D and D '80s, right? '80s, right? right. To, to the that point really where like, yes, I get it. Thank you. It it yeah. becomes and that's just a personal thing to me. It becomes too too much to the point of like, and I'm not picking on that because there's other shows that have done nostalgia trips, uh, like some of the the shows in the '60s and '50s have like. Yeah, not everyone had the beehive hair. Yeah. It's 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 almost like it's a constant winking to it. To me, it gets in the way of the storytelling. I'm like, you don't need to constantly reference the 80s. I get it. Just tell the story. Quentin, just tell the story. Quentin, where can people find you on the internet? What do you have coming so. out? Yeah, see, Aaron, you've brought up a whole other yeah, conversation. Yeah. Get us off here. Yeah. I mean, this it's a you're running us over budget. It's a million dollars a show, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Come on, it's 9.17. You... It's not 9.30 yet. Uh, so anyway, uh, <laughs> head me on Facebook. Come on here and blacklist all of us. <laughs> you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I think we're going to be kickstarting uh, Trump's number three, which is a book that I did, uh, Pencils yeah. and Inks. And uh, so I've kind of been keeping my head toward that, doing some promotional stuff like stuff for stretch goals. I'm kind of trying to think of different stuff to do for stretch goals. Uh, so uh, you'll be able to find uh, pretty soon some of my stuff uh, on Kickstarter. Uh, other than that, you can find me on Facebook, find me on uh, DeviantArt, although I don't really post a lot there because a lot of my stuff's top secret now. Top I can't secret. post a lot of it. Yeah. Well, how uh, when you're famous? That's right, yeah. when you're famous. Okay, but that's, that's pretty much it, though. Uh, and you can just Google my name and see some old stuff that I'm ashamed of. There. All right. We have been That's Our Blind Show on Tuesday. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we'll be back next week. Uh, we'll have the Wednesday crew here at 8 p.m. Eastern, as well as the Silver Sunday crew here, 8 p.m. Eastern as well. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see you all next week. But until that time, make, make my, my silver line. And right, don't forget, it, uh, by the way, don't forget that. Hi, my name is Sergio Periello. And make mine Silverline. Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. 
Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.